The scripture reading for today is Luke 2, verses 46 and 47. After three days, they found him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. This ends the reading of the word of God.
and direct me through your word. And as you get in the word of God and say the word of God, we come across some crazy characters. Guys who did weird things that we would think would be very weird. Not only that, but as we're walking the road of life and we're growing in our faith as Christians and we meet other Christians, we meet Christians who we think are kind of moving out of space. Like this dude needs to come back to reality. But there's all kinds of people out there who are believers on the road that we follow and on the road that we serve. <clears throat> I want to tell you this morning, the Word of God will watch over you, it will protect you, and it will help you in your course of life. And I think it was the Word of God that the Lord Jesus Christ used in a scripture text this morning when he came to the young man. He was found at the temple asking questions and learning what God's Word had said. He wanted to know, and he challenged the men of his time as to what they believed and why they believed it. What we call the Old Testament is what Jesus would have used to protect himself in his own wilderness to live the life that God had called him to live. And in the Old Testament, as we know it, Jesus mentions there was three parts of the Old Testament, and I want to read that to you in Luke chapter 24, verses 44. He said to them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were spoken and written in the law of Moses, first part of the word of God, in the prophets, second part of the word of God, and in the Psalms, or what we call the writings, the third part of the word of God. Jesus Christ used three parts of the word of God to help him solidify who he was and the call of God on his life. In the law of God, Jesus quotes, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7 on the Servant of the Mount, Jesus says, You have heard. You've heard that you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. But Jesus says, But I say unto you, if you've done this in your heart, you've done it already. He said, The kingdom of God is coming. The rule of God is coming now. And he don't just want to reign in the periphery, all things around you. He wants to reign in your heart and in the heart where things really come out. not James ask the question, how can you bless God with one word of your mouth and don't go out and curse and do all kinds of other things out of the other side of your mouth and talk bad about your brother and sister? He said, brother, these things should not be. Out of the same fountain can't flow good and bad water at the same time. It has to flow one or the other. Jesus got right to the heart of the matter in the law of God and he said, this is what's in your heart. If you thought it, he said, you might as well have done it from your heart. And he says, these things should not be, my brothers and sisters. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 20, how do I attain eternal life, the young man asked. He'd heard the teaching of Jesus. Jesus says, you know the commandments. The young dude, hey, I got it pretty good. I've done all these things. I've done everything the law has required. I'm pretty good with God, am I not, Lord Jesus? The young man says, I've done it all. And Jesus says to him, sell all that you have, give it away, and follow me. Now, wait a minute. I've kept the law, kept the commandments, I've done right, and now you're asking me to give up all of my wealth that I've accumulated over the years and follow you? So Jesus called him out on that and says, if you really want to be my follower and you really want eternal life, get rid of everything, take up your 
follow me. In Matthew 22, in verses 23 through 30, <coughs> 32, um, Jesus, what about this resurrection? Now there is a group called the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection, and there was the Pharisees who did believe in the resurrection. So they wanted to pin Jesus down as to what he was. So they say, hey, Jesus, <coughs> you know in the law, In the law of God, it says that if a, a husband dies, then the next man is supposed to take the wife. So here you go, man. You know so much, God. Let's say this guy passes away and he has six brothers. Each of these brothers marries the same woman. Now, when they're all dead, who is this woman supposed to be married to? Because they've all married her because that's what the law says. So they're trying to put him in the pit because they don't believe in the resurrection. And Jesus responds in this way. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. He's saying it's not dead. God is life. He's the God of the living. Abraham still lives. Jacob still lives. They all live in the bosom of the Father. And he says, you guys have to <coughs> misunderstood the resurrection. <coughs> Third, the prophets. In his hometown synagogue, Jesus quotes <coughs> Isaiah 61. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to save those that are lost, to heal the blind, to uh, raise up the dead. He says, this is what God has called me to do. He put the word of God right in front of him and said, this is what the Lord has called me to do. And he says, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. In Matthew 9, 13, when asked why he hangs out with unfavorable people, that be sinners, Jesus quotes Hosea 6 and verse 6, when he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That God wanted them to do and follow the commandments, but he wanted them to love other people. He got to the heart of the matter. In the Psalms, Matthew 21, Jesus is worshipped as the son of David. He quotes Psalm 82, that even the children will cry out to him. That will happen on Palm Sunday. Matthew 22, Jesus refers to Psalm chapter 110. He's not only the son of David, but he's even greater than that, than David. Well, David's dead. How are you greater than David? How are they speaking about you? It was talking about his sonship and his messiahship. Over and over and over, the Lord Jesus Christ quoted the word of God to help him through his journey in the wilderness. It was the word of God that settled him, directed him, and guided him. It was that word sealed in his heart, brought him through the wilderness to his promised land. The word of God that worked in Jesus' life is the same word that will bring us through the wilderness into the promised land. The Word of God is our source of faith. That hearing comes, the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is our source of salvation. He told Timothy, study the Scriptures, for in them that they are able to make you wise into salvation, to know that our King is the true King. The Word of God is our source of truth. Make them uh, holy by your truth. Teach them through your Word, which is truth. The Word of God is our source of freedom. 
to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word of our God is our source of freedom from error. And that just means all kinds of denominations that are out there. Jesus said, You're an error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Everybody has the belief system. We all look to the word of God, says this is what the word of God says, and this word proves where I'm at. But somehow that word will protect us from things that are wrong. The word of God is our source of life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I can tell you what, during this last week, I definitely wasn't living on no bread. Every time I was doing one thing, I was praying and asked God, now look, you got to help me, man. I, I need some strength here. I, I don't know what's going on here. Amy said, you ready to eat? Nope. Nope. I don't want no food. I'd quote a scripture and listen to a song or something, but I ain't eating no food. The word of God is our source of guidance. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. It is our source of comfort. For everything that was written in past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It is our source of answered prayer, spiritual victory. The word of God is our source of healing. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to the whole body. The word of God gives us assurance. It gives us joy. The word of God prepares us for good works. All scriptures God breathed and uses for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God is our source of warning. These ha things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the accumulation of the ages has come. All these things are so important to us in the word of God. We can't look outside its bounds to get what we need as believers. If we're going to understand the world, the things that are in the world, the things around us, we have to get to the Word of God. And as I think about the Lord Jesus, especially on this communion Sunday when we receive communion, and the story of Dorothy and the yellow brick road, here's my thoughts. Number one, Jesus knew the road he had to travel. He had to go to that grave. That was God's will for him, to die for the sin of man. But I have to think a part of him, even though he wanted to honor and please God, that he had to leave his friends, men that he had discipled. I would imagine that would have had a better struggle. But God promised him he was going to raise him up. So Jesus went right to the cross and he died, and he fulfilled everything God wanted him to do in his life to save mankind from their sin. The Lord Jesus Christ done it. He hadn't been the glorified, but he came back to his brothers and said, Let us break bread with one another. Go tell my disciples and Peter to come and visit me. They were together for all them days, praying and studying and reading. He got to be with his friends before he went off to be the permanent intercessor for man. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and walk in him and serve him and follow him, I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe, as I think about the Lord Jesus in my life, that God corrects all the wrongs. Let me explain to you how I see the 
Take that this morning of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He is here. His Spirit is here. He reigns here, and He rules here because He rules in our hearts and in our souls, Lord. And I ask You, Lord, that we would understand that we're free from any kind of bitterness and all things that are bad and evil. And that as we walk this road of Lent, whatever we say, we're going to set aside to Your glory. Lord, let us be humble in Your eyes and in Your sight. Let us follow You, serve You, and love You. We know that you're going to heal all the things that are broken because you're a life-healing, saving God. And for that, Lord, I'm so grateful. As we receive communion this morning, Lord, let us remember the great sacrifice you made on our behalf. Lord, I give you the praise and glory and honor for all that you do. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.